0: We'll be reading from Genesis chapter 5 and Hebrews chapter 11. Before we do, let us pray. Lord, your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We pray that by the power of your spirit we would hear, receive, and obey. Amen. Genesis chapter 5, verse 18 Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And then from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Looking back on this past week, Could you think of times you have been scrolling mindlessly on Facebook or Instagram or your social media of choice, or watched television that really could have been spent in prayer? Can you think of times you have wasted watching, binge-watching something uh, that you really didn't enjoy, but just because it was on, that probably could have been better spent reading the Bible? Can you think of conversations this past week that you might have had the opportunity, if you had worked on it, to lead into a more spiritual conversation than the trivia of the weather or sports that you took that conversation into instead? Or can you think of things that you have spent money on that... Had you not, you really could have given to the poor or to the church or some other in need. Can you think of things that you really didn't need? Like anytime I go into Walmart and see something that I didn't go in for but suddenly decide, isn't there something that you could have given up this week that could have gone to others? We could play this game for a really long time because there's always more you could do. There's always more that you could give. There's always more that needs to be done. The needs of this world are so much greater than we could reach, and the needs of our own spiritual development, and God is unfathomable, and there's so much to know and to do and to bring to Him that we could just kind of keep on and on with that to the point that all of us could find something pretty easily to feel guilty about. And based on most of my conversations with people, we really wouldn't have to talk very long before I hit something that people feel guilty about. Most of us wish we were better parents, better spouses, better members, better workers. There's things that we think of that we wish we could do more of. Um, if, if, I mean, if you talk to somebody about prayer, aren't they usually saying, I know it's not what it needs to be, I don't pray like I should. It doesn't take much to, to, to kind of get to a point where don't you know the Bible enough? There, there's always something more to learn that don't we kind of feel guilty about what we don't know at times? Um, maybe that's not where you are, but I bet there's something in your life where you're kind of, I kind of feel guilty that I'm not doing as good in this area. I'm not as good here as I ought to be. God's probably disappointed me with me in this section. And what I want us to see is the Christian life is hard enough without putting burdens on ourselves beyond what scripture puts on us. Because I I see this fairly common in the church of it being pretty easy to add something to what Scripture says that we ought to do, that we need to do, that I could be doing more of, and to the point that a lot of Christians feel burdened beyond what we are called to be and do. And so I'm glad we have the story, or the lack of story, actually, of Enoch. Now, I, I, I see so often kind of this idea of Jesus died for your sins. He He did everything. Receive it by grace. Now get busy, right? I mean, that's kind of the attitude sometimes given. Jesus has done all this. It's freely to be taken. Now go change the world. Jesus has done all this. He's taken all of our sins upon Himself. He is the great one who gives grace to us, and He says, "Come to Me, all you are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." But that rest is really working hard, so get busy. Uh, someone gave me a fridge magnet one time. Um, some of y'all are still looking about Facebook. Get on, c- Come on, come with me, come with me. Forget the Facebook time. Someone gave me a fridge magnet one time. It was that famous picture of Jesus knocking on the door, and it says, Jesus is coming, look busy, which I think really kind of sums up a lot of Christian life is the idea that we got to get to work We're building the kingdom. We're changing the world. We're the ones doing it. And it's hard enough just living life, walking with God. And so, gratefully, in this passage, as we're going through these heroes of the faith, where we see Moses, who led the people through the Exodus and had incredible leadership, where we had Abraham, whose faith was so great that he was willing to give his only uh, son. As we go through... David, who um, did incredible things being faithful to God and, and leading his people, it would be very easy for us to interpret faith as yet one more work. That we see that it's saying God has commended them because of their faith, that we would take it and say, yeah, well, their faith that has them do these incredible, amazing things. But Enoch reminds us, no, they're commended because... Their trust in Jesus, and they walk with God wherever He has set them. So let me, let me clear up a few things of what I'm not saying. As we hear this call to, um, well, let me put it this way. I, I, I very often almost hear the burden kind of being put on of, you know, we're crucified with Christ. Absolutely true, but, but that's almost taken as that means I need to, to, to seek out ways to suffer but I'm, I've, I've, we lay down our life, and yeah, that means you need to make every single motion you're doing as something religious and spiritual, and against the, the idea that we need to get away from um, any kind of comfort, or we need to get away from anything and, and be really committing all that we are in ways that are incredible and extreme and ways beyond most of our reach, I hear this Scripture's telling me, what does man require but that you do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? I I, I hear the, the, the preacher in Ecclesiastes saying, fear God, keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And so, what I'm worried about is us trying to hear more of a burden than Scripture gives us. So, let me, let me, what I'm not saying, I'm not saying That following Jesus is not the difficulty of resisting the world, the flesh, and the devil. We're called to be different. We are called to be committed. Christ is our highest priority. We are called to lay down our life, take up our cross, and follow Him. And I'm not saying that we should just kind of ignore sin. The, The Christian life is a life of discipline. It's a life of obedience and fighting against sin, and resisting sin. There, there's no place to say, "We well, died for me, and I can be flippant about sin, that we're, we're fighting against these things. We need to be disciplined. We need to be obedient. We need to seek excellence in all that we do, and we're called to serve one another. We're called to put one another ahead of each other, to look out for one another's needs. Walking with Christ is walking with brothers and sisters and serving and there are definitely those who are called to full time ministry and mission and service. That is definitely there to give your life on a full time basis to different tasks and leading and serving and ministering in the church. That is a call that is there and a, something to listen for, to wait for. And yet, Enoch is here to remind us our call. Is first of all to be obedient and to have faith in Christ. To have faith and walk wherever He's put us in obedience to what He's done. That the, even the call to serve, even the call to take on leadership roles, is not to be done with compulsion. Like it's not demanded or required, it's to be something out of gratitude, out of joy, out of desire. And so, Enoch. He walked with God. We know very little more than that. A mysterious person. Uh, he's in Genesis. He walked with God, and he was not. And it stands out because everyone else walked with God, and, or if they mention that, but he had so many children, he lived so long, and then he died. And they lived so long, he had so many children, and he died. And Enoch stands out because he walked with God, and he was not, which understood that he didn't face death in the way that we do. We hear a passage in Jude where um, Enoch is quoted. This is quoting from a book outside of Scripture where Enoch is said to have um, talked about God's judgment, the, the coming judgment that is very similar to passages in Deuteronomy. And honestly, because this takes us into um, a huge thread that gets really complicated, mysterious, I'm so glad we're in Hebrews, so I'm not going to be talking about the connection with that, but he does talk about God's judgment, which I I think is connected with what we hear in Hebrews. Because what do we hear in Hebrews? By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God taken him. It is by faith that this happened. Now, now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Now this is the the way the Greek translation of the the Hebrew understood walking with God as walking with God means pleasing God. In other words, he had a life that was in communion with God, that was obedient to God, and it was all a result of faith. But we're also told what this faith is. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That, That we have to have faith to please God because by faith... Whoever must draw near to God obviously must believe he exists. So, it said maybe one of the most logically self evident things in the Bible um, that to believe in God, to draw near to God, you must believe that there is a God to draw near to, and that he rewards those who seek him. And so, this, this shows us what faith is. And it reminds us that it is that trusting relationship with God is what commends these people, not their great deeds, not the incredible things they did, not the mighty works that they did. Though those are pleasing and those are rewarded, but God calls most of us to ordinary lives of walking with him in simple obedience. And that's kind of what I think we see with Enoch. The scriptures don't tell us what he did. Don't tell us these any kind of mighty things like other heroes of the faith that are listed. He he lived his life in obedience, and the things he did no one remembers. But they had an impact. And they were part of God's story of redemption. And I think for most of us that is a really good thing to hear. That we are like Enoch. Enoch believed that there was a God to draw near to. He, he didn't just imagine a God. He, he had to believe that God existed, the, the God that is there, not just a God, that there's something out there, but that to know objectively who this God is, to, to draw near to God means we have to know who he is, to believe that he exists, which isn't just like what I think most of people around us would think is yeah, that there is a God. It's not that. It's knowing the God, the God who is there. And how do we know this God? Well, it's not by us just kind of imagining what I think God ought to be like, though I really like that God. That God thinks a lot like me. The, the God I kind of want to be there is usually, well, he would vote exactly like I would vote. And the God I would like to be there, he he, he kind of winks at the sins that I commit, and he's really stern on the ones you commit. Matter of fact, he sounds a whole lot like me with, the, with James Earl Jones' voice, actually. So that's, that's the God I want to be there. But, but see, it's not just the believing that there is a God, and then you put whoever you want that God to be. It's believing that he is the living God, the true God, the real God. You believe he's there, because if you're going to draw near to him, you have to believe in the God you're drawing near to. And that is the God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. That's the God shown to us in Scripture, a God who is so far beyond my understanding, beyond our comprehension, a God who does amazing things, a God who is full of grace and mercy and love, a God who sent his Son to suffer on the cross for my my sins. Instead of telling me, try harder, do more, saying, I've done this for you, now trust in me. That's the God that we draw near to. So it's not just kind of believe that there's a God and you're okay. It's know this God. And the way we know Him is through the Scripture. So we gather together in worship to hear the Word, brothers and sisters together throughout the week, and on Sundays to, to study the Word together, to read the Bible together that, alone in our homes. That's, that's why we read is to know this God who is there so that we can draw near to Him. And then we trust Him to reward those who seek Him. We trust Him to do what He said He would do, that He said, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Not come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I'm going to point out even more things you didn't know so you can feel even more guilty and you need to get busy on that. Come to me that He gave His life as a ransom that we might have eternal life not eternal condemnation not not constantly feeling like we're carrying a load that we we that is crushing us but that he has taken that upon himself so that we can be free and rest in him and that he rewards us with eternal life he rewards us with the freedom we have in Christ he rewards us with forgiveness not a reward that we've earned because faith is a work that earns it, or that we've earned because we have believe and we've done enough good things that He's rewarding us, but a reward that comes from trusting Him to do what He said He would do and be who He said He would be. So this is faith. It's trusting the true God and what He has done and having faith that He's going to do what He said He would do through His Son on the cross. And so what did He not do? Well, we do know He had a family And it must have been that he handed on the faith through his family. He didn't know much. There wasn't much. He didn't have a Bible at that time of Enoch. He had what was handed down to him of a God who created them and gave them life and who was gracious and promised that one day the head of the serpent would be crushed. And through trusting in that promised Messiah and this goodness of God, he hands that on and tries to live a life of obedience in the way God has called him to do it, which is what we do. Our, our families are where we are. We hand on the faith that we have received from others, um, from, from those who have passed the faith to us. And what do we, we do is then we live it out in our vocation. We don't know what Enoch did. Presumably had to have some sort of job, um, shepherd, farmer, there, There wasn't a huge variety at the point, but kind of the point is it doesn't matter because we're not bragging about the things that Enoch did. We're bragging about he trusted and walked in whatever that vocation is. So as you live out your life serving others, as you work towards healing, as you work towards teaching, as you work towards justice, as you love and serve neighbors, God is answering prayers through you. He is working out his will through your ordinary, day-to-day, boring work. God is using that. He He is at work in your life as you are loving and serving others and loving and serving your neighbor, providing for them and being with them. And as you are faithful with that, and as you're faithful with the opportunities God gives you to share light and truth into people's lives, as you're faithful with opportunities to love and serve generously with others, as you're faithful with walking together as brothers and sisters and serving, God is doing His work. And we can be very comfortable with knowing that the unnamed, unseen things that you do day after day, week after week, are God's ways of bringing about His kingdom. for He is the one who, who, who does it. So I think that Enoch is a great model for us. Have faith, walk with God, trust Him. And, and the, the passing of death that he experienced is kind of a forerunner of what we look forward to is that we too, because God sees faith, that He, as we trust in Him, we also uh, will pass, um, though we die, we will live, that we will have that everlasting life. Would you please stand and let us state what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed.